0: Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy-looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Support for this podcast is provided by Tear Care, a product of Sight Sciences. Tear care is a device that applies heat to the eyelids, where the current medical community recommends the application of a warm compress to the eyelids. Applications include meibomian gland dysfunction, MGD, dry eye, or blepharitis.
1: Ocular Surface Disease it's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist.
2: The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested in specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To the Point podcast. My name is Jackie Garlic, and I'm joined by my co-host O'Dell. And today we are very excited to have a very famous guest with us, an internet famous guest. Please welcome Dr. Carly Rose. She is famous on TikTok. She is famous as a pioneer in the dry eye space. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about Carly. So Carly was born and raised in the greater Cincinnati area. She received her Bachelor of science in biology from North Kentucky University. And following graduation, she moved to Chicago for optometry school. After optometry school, Dr. Rose chose to complete a year-long residency at the Cincinnati v- uh, VA Medical Center. Following residency, she furthered her training by becoming a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. She's a current member of the AOA, the Ohio Optometric Association, and uh, Dr. Rose purchased her private practice three years ago in a quaint town called Marymont, just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome, Carly. We're
0: so happy to have you. Thank you, thank you for having me. That intro was a little—it's uh, hard to receive. That was a little—I don't deserve that intro. So thank you.
1: you I feel are. like you do deserve that, and yeah, you too. know, a, a kudos to you for working so hard. It's just when you hear it all together, you kind of think, "Boy, I need a vacation."
0: <laughs> well, that's true. That I will take that. That is very true. But it's been so fun, and it's like. The further down this rabbit hole, this path I get, it's I get more excited about it. So it it doesn't. It honestly, at this point, it felt more like work, right, when I graduated than it does now. So that's really cool too. Oh, that
2: is really cool. Well, so you you are legit famous, though. Can you just like accept this sort of recognition of being internet famous? You have like a huge TikTok following, which can you just like talk for a second about how you even started doing that and why you were like,
0: I'll just. Let's do TikTok. Um, yeah, I actually can very clearly tell you why. When I bought the business, I my office three years ago, I didn't obviously know anything about business ownership. So I started consuming all of this information about how to run a business and entrepreneurship. And I found Gary V on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. so I started listening to him like, oh, I should probably listen to this guy. He is, he knows his stuff. And so I I downloaded the app and I had no idea what I was doing. It took a few months to even figure out what its purpose was. And it took me a good month or two to post my first video. I was so reluctant. I didn't want to do it. It was all begrudgingly for the sake of trying to grow my private practice. And it has just morphed into this whole other beast that I never anticipated. So it's almost like a second business now wild.
1: Yes. It's really amazing. And why tell me who the Gary person is again. <laughs> oh, right. I, lo- I listen to his podcast too. That's so okay. Awesome. He's, that. he's yeah.
0: amazing. He he's an entrepreneur and he's been in this um, almost influencer place for over a decade now. He, he, what he, he was running his dad's wine convenience store basically. So he got really good at business, uh, business ownership and business management and marketing himself. And he kind of sees he, he's like the Nostradamus of social media. He sees the trends. He watches what people watch. He observes human nature. And so he saw Facebook before. Back in like 2008, he's like, businesses need to be on Facebook. And businesses were like, what are you talking about? And then he did the same thing for Instagram. And now it's true. He just keeps proving himself over and over. So a couple of years ago, everything he was talking about was TikTok. Like, TikTok's the next big thing. Market yourself as a business ownership or as an expert in this field. Um, And here I am thinking I was going to try to find, you know, like a 5,000. I was so excited when I hit a thousand followers like never thought that was going to happen so it was all literally out of me understanding the importance of social media in this 2020 business ownership world
1: well what I appreciate about what you do is that you don't always make your staff do like crazy dances like you're actually just educating to um you know different music or something so I think that's pretty cool
0: I don't, I don't fully know. And I think it's a combination. I heard some statistic that, and I don't know if this is even accurate, but I've stuck with it in my head that people need to see you or hear your name at least seven times before they take their chance on you. So Instagram may be one of the seven, right? TikTok may be one of the seven. Um, I have had quite a few people find me on TikTok, make the drive, and come and see me, but I'm not necessarily hanging my hat on that. Now I realize that my intent is not necessarily to grow my practice, but to help market optometry as a whole and elevate the profession. And, and for years, I would think optometry just doesn't have marketing dollars or lobbying dollars or influence power because we're so young and we're so new oh my gosh, we don't need to people to buy a voice that we want our profession to speak about. And so then I started doing the PTO meetings and the local chamber of commerce meetings. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And I took that same philosophy, I guess, to social media. What do we as optometrists want patients and anyone with eyeballs to know about themselves? And that's what I try to do.
2: Yeah. Well, like, congratulations. You do like a phenomenal job with that. Um, Thank you. We, we really, we didn't ask you on this podcast, to like talk about TikTok, but I can't not talk about it with you. What we really want to talk about is, um, well, like, aesthetics, you, what'd you say? Aesthetics. Oh yeah. Aesthetics. Yes. So you, I know, um, have a, you know, booming dry eye practice. I mean, you talk about dry eye all the time on, you know, in various platforms, but, um, I know that you had recently um, gotten radio frequency in your office. And so I do want to talk to you about that and then um, how, how that's working as far as implementing that into your patient base.
0: Well, what IPL did that I did not expect is open my eyes to the aesthetics world and how cool and fun that is. So then Cynosure, the company of the radio frequency came to me and they're like, well, here's this awesome technology. And I was like, No, I already have IPL and LipoFlow. Why do I need anything else? And then I realized it was basically like LipoFlow with the aesthetic benefit, kind of like IPL was getting rid of inflammation with the aesthetic benefit. So it piqued my interest and I ended up pulling the trigger. And so now what we do is give the patient the op, we put together this package if they need, say they need a meibomian gland evacuation plus IPL. We give them the choice of what they want, lipoflow or radiofrequency. And we almost universally patients have been choosing the radiofrequency. And so the results have been really fun to watch. Very, very cool stuff. So that's
2: almost uh, an either or, I guess I didn't realize that's how you're positioning that in the, in the practice. So can you talk a little bit about exactly what radiofrequency is doing yeah. to the my
1: brain? So yeah. we
0: mm-hmm. actually kind of don't know. So the radiofrequency itself gets warm and so you know you have this thermal component and then there's a pressure associated you have to maintain a certain level of pressure on the skin so you can use that heat and pressure similar to like lipoflow so if that's a piece to your puzzle it's going to help with that these extra little added benefits but the, the research I'm watching right now, and this is all really active, so nothing's set in stone yet, but they think there's some kind of neural stimulation to the oil glands to almost communicate with them and turn them back on. And that's kind of what we're finding with IPL too, is this photobiomodulation we're part of. It's a moving target right
2: now. Yeah. I, I feel like there's not a, I don't know. And maybe, you know, this is like how many people are doing this in their office. I feel like it's not that many at this moment, but a friend of mine got radio frequency. I know you have it. When you're doing it and like offering it as an either this or versus flip of flow, is that the same? I mean, are when you're doing radio frequency, you're heating this up and then by just sort of the pressure that you're applying, is that causing enough? You think my expression or what do you, what's your opinion?
0: That's what they're studying. They're showing that it's equivalent or it's it, there. I think there's one study that's about to come out comparing it to Lipaflow, but it's really, these studies are, um, not great, right? The patient population isn't huge and you can't really hang your hat on one study anyway. So I think it's more than that. I think it's going to be this communication piece, this stimulation piece. That's the kicker. I don't think it's apples to apples all the way, but this is the closest thing we have to apples to apples. I don't know. That wasn't an answer. No, no, no. And I think that it's is. because the science is so new, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't, I think it'll show that they're not doing the exact same thing, but they get similar results. And this
2: is probably the same as you're coupling that with IPL. That's also kind of targeting a, a different sort of mechanism. I suppose it will be interesting to see how, see what comes out of this. Do you feel like patients are selecting this radio frequency because they're pulled to say like, oh, I mean, if we're going to get the same result, but I could also get a little skin tightening out of this,
0: let's do it. Definitely. I think that's the majority. Now we do have a couple of patients that have had Lipoflow in the past and they had good success. So they just want to stick with it or, you know, Lipoflow does carry a substantial name brand recognition within the dry eye community. And so patients know the name and they're asking for it by name. However, the dry eye community is so educated in this stuff to where now we have patients calling and requesting radio frequency for dry eye. So it's getting its word out there too. I I think it'll just be a matter of time that it's commonplace. Yeah.
2: So I kind of want to back up a little bit because you bought the practice to treat dry eye and make this a a dry eye practice. What was the practice when you didn't, when you were like an associate working there, was it just sort of not a specialized dry eye clinic? And then how did you make that switch into like flipping it into a dry eye office?
0: We did primary care with a pretty heavy disease patient or med- medical. Lean right. We we felt very comfortable handling glaucoma, mactogen, dry eye. We oh, we're already recognizing and screening for dry eye. But in a dry eye world, it's very tricky to treat or manage without some of these tools. So it would be, what are you going to do? You can find them all day long, but you can't treat them very successfully with, without the uh, equipment. And so we were starting the conversations. We were looking for the people. And that's why basically right away, I bought the office and I bought a Lipaflow because I knew that I had this database of patients. We all have our dry eye patients sitting right there in the chair and they need the treatment. We started doing speed scores on everyone over 18, as well as meeting them, talking about it. And it was almost organic growth because you already have the patients in the chair. You don't have to look for them. And then it's just spiraled out of there out since then. Right. So I start seeing all these dry eye patients. We're having the conversation and I think, well, you have a lot of inflammation. You have a lot of telangiectasia. We really need an IPL. So I was starting to recommend IPL before I even had it. And that's, I almost bring these pieces on ethically. I, my patients need this. So let's bring it on so we can offer it to them.
2: So you are now uh, like opening a second location.
0: Tell Mm -hmm. me about
2: your plan with this second
0: location.
2: How is this going to work? I know you really want to build out an aesthetics practice.
0: Yeah. And again, the aesthetics were a happy accident. I did not go looking for them. And then I found them and I really loved it. So it has kind of taken off. And I, this whole time wanted an external dry eye place. Anyway, I just thought it was going to be a lot smaller and a lot different. So I've known I've wanted almost a standalone dry eye clinic to make it really easy for other doctors to refer to me if I don't do comprehensive care if I don't have an optical. I feel like it's a no brainer to refer to a fellow OD that's specializing in this. And our current office is only 750 square feet so it's very, very, very small. And My hope was that one of the guys next door would retire and I could expand, but that just isn't happening. So then I started looking for extra space to be able to grow the practice because after a year eight at 750 square feet with all of this equipment, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. And so then I was looking at a place across the street to kind of expand into separate locations. And I ended up finding one about a half a mile down the street. We are pulling all of our dry eye equipment out almost out of necessity to grow our little private practice as well. And, and do other cool things like myopia control within that space. And then this dry eye world is just almost growing out of my control. It's morphing into what it wants to be. And so this other space offers us the opportunity to grow into that. It's going to be really cool to watch. Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Beautiful and healthy-looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts of Bausch & exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye
2: Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. That- is really amazing. Like, I feel like there's a good case study here on how to grow and try high practice and sort of <laughs> use you as an example, but you know, I will say you, I, we did very similar things. Like I bought my practice a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I did speed on everyone. I brought in, in my case to care and, um, a top con to do my biography on people too. So I feel like that is like a perfect first start, which is not a huge investment well to care cares a it's lot it's not lower. bad yeah right yeah so i mean as long as you can somehow treat this my gland dysfunction i mean i'm eyeing an ipl you're making me want a radio frequency like it,
0: <laughs> it can spiral it's really frequency. cool stuff <laughs> yeah so my hopes were and so what i'm seeing now is this this piece of it is the aesthetic world but it's almost the same thing. It's an ethical obligation to offer healthy lash serums. Leslie's healthy mascara to talk about maybe let's do Botox on your forehead, not your crow's feet because it might interact with your blinking and just offer healthier alternatives to things people want to do. Maybe some healthy lash treatments one day or things that can help you aesthetically, but also help you medically. It's,
2: funny that you say that about lash treatments, because I feel like the lash artists really come at you on inst- on a TikTok. <laughs> so they do if, like if they're only, aggressive. If only they could hear you now. they would
0: be like <laughs> Oh, I know. And it's so funny because one of my friends from high school is a lash artist and oh. we kind of joke back and forth and I'm like, you're going to mess them up. You send them to me and she laughs and she's like, they're going to do it anyway. They might as well pay me. And <laughs> so I have great working relationships with actual lash artists, but man, they come at me hard on there big time. <laughs> it is too. wild. They're leaving me one star Google reviews. <laughs> it's, it's aggressive.
2: You know, who else has this sort of, I think similar concept is, do you know, Janelle Davison? Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. He, I think does that. I think she has like yeah. a lash artist in her own optometry office, which is like, her, her, thinking was this exact same as like, they're gonna get it anyway, let me at least know that it's like being done, you know, properly. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, very cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, What is your
0: how many? So when did you actually get radio frequency? When did you bring it in? I believe it was October, November. And then it was one of those whole things where it's, it was in the box on the floor until training a couple weeks later, and then a couple weeks later, our first patient. So I would say we really started working physically with it on patients in November or December.
2: And, and what's been your like patient acceptance of this? Like, are you, how many new patients are you getting that are interested in this?
0: We probably get about 10 new patients a month that are interested in some type of dry eye package. And of those, a hand, um, I would say about 75% choose radio frequency over lipoflow. So we're, I would say we're somewhere between five to 10 new radio frequency, maybe five patients a month right now. Um, we have a very small handful of patients that are choosing to do it almost prophylactically, no dry eye. And so I think, and this is with basically no marketing, no, the only thing we're doing is you have dry eye here's an option for you. And that's, so that's where I really feel like once we start marketing it, it's going to take off because it's already such a super high acceptance.
2: My my friend is having a very similar um, acceptance rate with patients too. It's
0: It's kind of that IPL and radio frequency have truly shocked me. Like I knew they were good. I knew I wanted them. They're very expensive machines. I would have not, I would not have bought them without doing research. However, they've also still shocked me.
2: Can you tell me about your like dry eye packages? I'm curious how you like position all that.
0: Yeah. And this is again, another moving target since this is all kind of new and exciting. We don't really know what is industry standard for, for pricing, but what we're doing right now is what we're kind of considering our total dry eye package. And that includes four IPL, the choice of one Lipoflow or two eyes only radio frequencies. And they can upcharge that and add on full face and neck for those two treatments. But we offer one Lipoflow, two eyes only radio frequency, four IPL, a brooder or some type of microwavable heat mask two rounds of We Love Eyes oil and foam, and then a year supply of Fortify Super Omega Max for $199 a month. So the capture like rate- description Kind of. Yeah, yeah and that's exactly. so
1: different, I feel like, than what we have been, um, how we've been positioning it.
0: And I kind of yeah. like this. And-, and if you can get all of that for below a typical Zydra or Sequa copay, it's like a no-brainer for yeah. these patients and then you get all of these aesthetic benefits you get like the joint benefits from the fish oil there are so many added benefits to this so you
2: do what if um do you have to do this for a certain amount of time like do you make patients sign up for a certain certain number of months a 12, yep a 12, 12 months. months it sounded like mm-hmm.
1: yeah Yeah. The dry subscription. I think this is brilliant. And I feel like I haven't really heard other people doing it this way. So not surprised it'd be coming from Carly Rose first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then you get the nutraceutical component too. And so I feel like a patient is way more likely to actually take the fish oil if they have 12 bottles of it in their cabinet.
2: What are you doing exactly? Are you buying 12 bottles and then giving it to the patient 12 bottles of it right then?
0: No, what we do is we have them at least four different times for the IPLs. Mm -hmm. And so we will kind of trickle it out at each visit. And on the last visit, they get the remainder.
1: Do you have some kind of fun bag that you give them? (laughs) Yeah,
0: we have branded bags and in it, they get all of their little products. And so it's fun to leave with things in hand too.
2: So, oh my God, they have so many questions about this now. This is a great <laughs> idea. So, then are you, Thank you. Like, charging their credit card once a month? Like, once a month, you just have these like rolling subscriptions that keep going?
1: Exactly. I think you need to put it in a little box like FitFab and whatever. <sighs> like,
0: people uh, love could... <laughs> Oh, and you're, you're uh, the eyes are the story box is like an experience. So, you're exactly right. I have to do that. It's just, where do yeah. we do it in this process? Yeah. Right. Cause we're opening a business. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty incredible. How many people like do
2: end up doing this? So we can they do a subscription model versus just a one time set of
0: things or like, you? Have and other- they can, yeah, they can pay in full and they receive a month off. So most people pay in full. And then we are now starting to get into these maintenance phases to where they might not need all four IPL and a flow. They may only need one IPL every six months. So then we have a four IPL package. We have three RF packages. we, We have like bundles all over the place.
2: Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, that's a good point, I guess, for that patient that let's say does that first year. And then then they're they're just in maintenance space. They're in maintenance. So then how many IPLs would they do over the course of a maintenance year?
0: Anywhere. I usually tell patients one, every six to 12 months, if they are like raging hot, red, fiery eyeballs, it's going to be more like every three months for a minute until we get everything neutralized. But Mm. some patients are like, can I come back and do this once a month? I love it. It was awesome. And then they can buy a package of four and bank them and just use them as they need.
2: Oh, okay. So you don't have to do the full-on Omegas radio
0: frequency package. How many packages Mm -hmm. do you have? You've got a lot of packages. We do. It's become a little bit, it's become interesting. So when we open this second location, we're probably going to use an aesthetics platform because they're used to these membership models and packages. So they have them built into their systems. And so when we look at the new software for the new space, we're considering things like that to make it a lot more user-friendly on our end as well. Wow. This probably does
2: take a fair amount of organization on the back end,
0: right? Exactly, yeah. And I have the best team in the history of the world. So I, to be fair, my staff's a huge piece in this puzzle. Huge. Yeah,
2: Yeah. (laughs) this is a great idea because- I am like so interested now in the subscription model. That is a great idea. I think the biggest hurdle I feel Super like cool. patients, like, I mean, I use um, PRN Omegas in my practice and they have some sort of subscription model also, but sometimes patients aren't really into that. A third party subscription model, like it just seems like, I don't know. And um, if you could get that all within the office, that's um, that's amazing. That's
0: mm-hmm. Great, Very cool stuff.
2: Yeah, i like I have, I'm gonna come up with more questions about these <laughs> models, we might have to have you back on just subscriptions. Deal, <laughs> I'm in. Um, all right. I I totally appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. You are, um, it's great to finally meet you. I mean, this is over Zoom, but like in person is. I know. To watching TikTok I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, You've been like super great to talk to and really interesting on these um, how you're handling your dry eye clinic and good luck to you opening your new office. It's wonderful. Thank
0: you. I know I, I really appreciate it. I love talking to anybody I can about this clearly. So thank you for having me.
1: And now for the to the point wrap up. Radio frequency is a new option and can be used in conjunction with other thermal treatments for meibomian gland dysfunction. When thinking about our dry eye business and patients, we want to actually be rethinking dry eye. Treatments that we use can add up quick, but if you rethink your business model and add a service like a subscription, it might make it more obtainable for some patients. We have lots to learn from Dr. Rose in staying ahead on social media and how impactful that can be as we work to educate and grow our practices.